And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> All right. Getting fudged up. Um, we're going to get to that. But first, a little, I figure we should just dive right in to the Harvest Fest recap with one Shaylee. I'll be growing. Yeah. Harvest Fest. My first cannabis event. And it wasn't even in my own state. And I'm like turning 32 so but better late than never i have yet to go to a, a cannabis event thing um i've gone to well i did the renaissance fair and then i've done some kink events um and then an accounting like conference and it was just as boring as it sounds so let's go back to harvest fest <laughs> Yeah, uh, it was it was my first cannabis event. I mean, I think I've been to one before, but it was like I was too young to appreciate it. I don't even know if I really knew what was going on at the time. So I consider it my first event. And it was fun. It was interesting. Yeah, I feel like I learned a lot. (laughs) Yeah, you got your tickets and you guys went. It was you and your husband and... Like, okay, so what were, what was your expectation for it? Um, Well, I wasn't, I wasn't quite sure what to expect because being, you know, it's usually one extreme or the other where it's a huge deal and everyone's there or a few straight people showed up. Maybe there's some booths. So I wasn't quite sure what to expect. I knew it was a, it was a, at a campground. So it was like a weekend long thing. But we only went for the day. My anxiety was not going to camp with a bunch of strangers, uh, you know, even if they are all lovely strangers who are stoned, uh, wasn't what I wanted to do. So we just went for the one day and it was crazy. Like it was in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma. You wouldn't really think there was anything out there. And then you just kind of turn on this dirt road and it had to have been two, you know, a couple acres worth of property. Um, They had like a whole festival area and then the campground, but everyone was, you could tell we were there like day three. It started on Thursday and we went Saturday. So everybody was burnt out, sunbaked, overworked, hot, like, we pulled up and we had no idea what we were supposed to be doing. Um, the woman who checked us in just handed us a form and was like, give us a fake name or whatever. You just have to fi- sign this waiver. And we were like, okay. And then they were like, follow the trail. I don't know. I don't get paid enough to, to know what to do after that point. You'll figure it out. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, um, if you ever been in the car with me and my husband, we were having trouble figuring it out. Like we're just super hesitant and there, and it's in the woods. So there's not like obvious signs on where you're supposed to park. Mm. Some people were assisted to the parking lot, but we weren't, we wound up all the way on the camper side and we just parked in a random spot. It probably was somebody else's spot, but it was next to the porta potty. And I knew that like, that was going to be good for me. (laughs) (laughs) It's called planning ahead. (laughs) Yes. I had drank so much coffee that morning. I woke up and thought, well, first I had sinus problems the day before and I thought I was getting sick, but luckily it was just the weather shifting happens to me every time. So I was taking Claritin and Tylenol and that was fine. I woke up and I thought I threw my back out. Like it was clenched up. I couldn't bend over. I couldn't get dressed and I was freaking out. And, um, but probably, we made it. Yeah. yeah. Probably nerves. Yeah. I think it was a little bit. I mean, my back is still tense now, so I definitely slept funky. Um, but after, you know, a little sun, a little weed, a little Tylenol. It was, it was fine. I managed to get through the day, but I was so tired afterwards. It was hot and you couldn't bring food or drinks into the festival area. They wanted you to like pay for water and stuff, obviously. So you had to abandon all your stuff. So 
prepping and being by the porta potty and having the backpack and everything didn't really help me. Um, and I'm super sensitive to the heat. So like, I just kept sending my husband off to get water. I was like, just keep bringing me back water. And you got lost. Like there was so many booths and eat and everybody wanted to talk to you. Everybody had freebies or a raffle or something they wanted to sell you or, you know, to sign up for. And so once I figured out that, like, if you just sit there and listen to their spiel for a second, they'll give you free stuff. I was I was down. I was all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'll take these sunglasses. I can't even wear sunglasses. I have glass. I have real glasses. But I was like, I will take those sunglasses and these lighters yeah. and these yeah. stickers. And it was pretty cool. I, you know, I didn't win anything, but it would have been nice if I had, I mean, I tried, I went to like every booth. I had my husband at one point we separated and I was like, all right, now go find me more free stuff. Like divide and conquer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And unfortunately like some of the other Instagram people that were supposed to be there didn't make it, I guess, or they might have been the day before. I'm not sure what the situation was. So it wound up being my very awkward husband and myself with um, Miss Barely and Girl Go Grow. And it was fun, but we were all unprepared, I think. At the end of the day, don't just show up at a festival is the lesson. Like, I thought I had pre-gamed pretty well, but apparently, no. We should have camped. If, without, if we were going to do the whole experience, we should have done the whole experience. We should have camped. We should have packed better. Like, I didn't even pack chairs. We packed nothing. I packed, but I did pack sunscreen because I'm white. I'm, like, pasty. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, uh, wow. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it was you were unprepared or perhaps we can put maybe a little bit of blame on the event whoever put this event together usually there's some sort of like like sitting area like so you can get some snacks and go hang out and sit down for a minute um, oh there's plenty of spaces like that but everything okay. you know it costs they had like food trucks they had water everywhere and they had like a little stage and you know sitting yeah. areas and stuff like that but it was still hot it was 90 degrees and yeah. like yeah it just wore you yeah. out fast well, I know, like, I mean, yeah, even with, um, yeah, they're usually, that's weird on the food thing, too. Like, I mean, other events that I've been to maybe aren't quite, I don't know, because, like, the Renaissance, like, okay, the Renaissance Festival, like, you would get food there, so you can bring a backpack, though. Like, I don't know what their rules are, because it's been over 10 years since I've been to one um to the Arizona one specifically um you know I don't know if they're they're bag checking or if they have clear bag policies or something but like you could bring stuff in like you could bring a stroller in full of stuff right like you know that was just part of the deal um and like where I work now like you know it's um even the indoor um what the hell are you doing cat he's like shoving his face in the cat lit like a clean cat litter bag like, my husband opened it, and he's shoving his face in it. Like, <laughs> it's cat, it's clean cat litter. There, there's nothing in there to eat. Get away from that. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so, w the, where I work, like, so the, the, the events that I, like, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's fine arts. Um, so, like, but still, like, some people, like, we're, my coworker and I are talking, and some people do bring in, like, you know, casserole dishes. And I was like, seriously? To like inside events? I understand the like park one that we just did, but like in it, yeah, they do. Like they, you know, it's them and you know, whatever they get a table and um, you know, they they eat and whatever. And I was just like, oh, okay. And it's like, you know, and now like we, we're facing like a clear bag policy. The city has said, you know, if you want to bring in stuff, you have to bring it in in a clear bag, you know, like the stadium bags or whatever, clear backpack, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. So it's like, wow, I wonder how, how people are going to react to that. Well, they're just going to have to deal with it. Like, <laughs> I mean, it kind of, or talk to their city council. Um, All right. But, 
like yeah like so i you know i guess with that like yeah sure like things are but i mean i don't know it just with the 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 thing that really was like oh this is concerning was the lady that's like i don't know just keep driving like you'll figure it out it's like it was very um gray as far as what was allowed and what wasn't see i'm not i don't even live in oklahoma i came from missouri and it is considered a medical state. So at first I was like, is this private property? Are there, is there going to be weed there at all? You know, because some events will do that where they only sell souvenirs. They only sell like pipes and stuff. So you're like, you didn't, I didn't quite know what to expect. Um, and it was somewhere in between. Like I said, when we pulled into the gate, they were, to- they told us we could give them a fake name. <laughs> right. But then, at the same time, it's supposed to be a medical event. They had like dispensary booths and stuff where you could buy flour, but I'm not sure if you had to prove your medical card or not. Um, it was very weird. But then they also or, had like stands where they were doing free dabs and, you know, giving away pre-rolls. Like that's how we smoked the whole time was we didn't even end up buying anything. Um, we just kind of walked by and they gave us stuff. So... <laughs> Which it wasn't, it didn't end up being a good thing, but at least yeah. I saved a little money. Right. Not one, yeah, <laughs> not one aspect. Yay. But yeah, definitely <laughs> like at events, you got to be careful about drugs or um, things that could potentially mind alter you or even alcohol. Like even the kink events that I did, um, Heck, even just like, you know, regular old, like, you know, Friday night going to the club, um, you know, it was very like, yes, you can drink, but should you? Yeah. It's like, you gotta, like, you gotta be, you know, you gotta kind of keep your your head about you and you can't be too intoxicated. Otherwise, you know, you're just a huge liability. So Yeah, you kind of saw every walk of life there, everything from the very conscious people who were just there to explore to the Mm -hmm. guy tripping on shrooms in the middle of the day. Um, I kind of got a little nervous and anxious, you know, at first when we first got there, just because of the people and there's so much to see and there's so much going on, you know, and you're meeting people for the first time. So I did have like a drink or two. And I think that on top of the heat, on top of the drink, on top of the anxiety and just the rando weed that we were smoking. It went from like this very daytime chill thing to like, okay, we're done. We're ready to go home. Let's get out of here. (laughs) Very fast. So that's one thing I would recommend for anybody that's going to a festival, like kind of be conscious just like anything else what you're consuming it's just like alcohol like you said just like anything else because we smoked a pre-roll that just kind of sent everybody into a bad mood and i think it was a dispensary pre-roll i don't know if it was stativa we all kind of like are sensitive to that so maybe that's just what it was right but and the fact that every sorry that that none of you are like you know, <laughs> recreational users. Like I would classify all of us as like, you no, know, we pretty much all smoke like all day. If given the chance, all day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe we can hold it together for right. Yeah, we can hold it together for eight or nine hours. Go do our job. Come back. But you know, if you know, if we had our way, it'd be like, no, every couple hours, I'd like to smoke up a little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm one of those, like, pack a bowl to do laundry so I can, you know, then smoke a bowl to do dishes so I can then smoke a bowl to take a nap, you know? Yes, yes. I will smoke before I start cooking. I'm like, nah, kid, just, you need, like, we need to get this kid a snack or something because I am not ready to even start cooking for, like, 10 minutes, so. (laughs) Wait till he's in school and you're prepping with bong grips before homework. It's it's awesome and not good. Yeah, I I don't know, like, hope, oh, man, like, the, the homework situation is, is a little nerve-wracking because I'm not great with math. Um, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't realize how, how ADHD I was mm-hmm. until my child had to do math, and then I was like, oh. I don't know, I can't help you. Yeah. Save me, I don't know. Right? 
do we need to get you a tutor at your school? <laughs> in previous <laughs> grades, they would send home the homework answers. So like as the parents, you could just look at the answers and then help them, you know, figure yeah. it out. This year, they're not doing that. And they just send home like a little example. And you're supposed to figure it out. And my kid's not doing too hot. Let's just say that. Wow. Yeah. Math. Gross. Oh, and is it like a bunch of words? I don't want to know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> so it's why it's funny. Like you have um, uh, like one of the questions, things or whatever that we were going to talk about was like, um, I have, maybe I didn't write it down. That's okay. Oh, we, we're winging it here. We just I wing know. It. I know. I just, I thought I had something, but whatever. It was kind of like, um, yeah, whatever. It's like, yeah, no, I literally need to, like, do smoke up before cleaning, going to work. I think that as far as the next event goes, I don't know. We need to plan something more in advance in a more neutral area. You know what I mean? Oklahoma. Woo. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I would do it necessarily. I mean, I would do it again, but I would have to be a little more prepared. Now that I know um, they don't care if you bring, you know, your own stuff, just you just can't bring it into the festival area. I might try to sneak in, but I would like to do something in Missouri, like, um, you know, or a bigger event where a bunch of us could get together because yeah. I think that would be really cool. You know, yeah. when it's just the three of you're supposed, to, it was supposed to be, I think of kind of a bigger deal. And then it just wound up being the three of us. And so that, and my husband's so awkward. He was like, I just wanted to give you girl time. Like he just kept wandering <laughs> off. It was adorable. I oh. thought it was anyways. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's sweet. Like, you know, I'm not just trying to maximize or, you know, impose myself or whatever. Yeah. He's Mr. Antisocial. So, you know, he was like, I just came for you. I didn't want to get in the middle of it. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's sweet. But it's it's so cool that, like, he still went. Like, my husband definitely would. Um, and then be awkward the whole time and, like, you know, look scary and yeah. <laughs> like there was like one of the first times that I took him um to the club like and he ended up like knowing somebody that was there and he was like and we had talked about it like um you know my husband and I and like he was like oh yeah I know that guy and I was like oh okay cool um and then so we ran into him and like I remember I you know I was like hey Jay what's up, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, hey, Angie, how's it going? And um, and I'm like, hey, I think you know, you know, my friend um, Ryan, I turned to my husband and he's just, like, Ryan's got this look on his face. Like, yeah. And I'm like, what are you doing? Calm down, boy. <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, here? I mean, I'm not so much of the club or events <laughs> or anything kind of person. Like, like yeah. I said, that was my first event. Besides that, you know, I, I went to a shroom stock once, um, which was even scarier. But did you <laughs> it do was shrooms so there? I did. Yeah. The one and only time now, granted I would totally do them again under different circumstances. Um, but when I did them the first time my husband had was just like freshly deployed and oh. it was me and my girlfriend. We yeah. were fresh 18 in the, yeah. in a forest by ourselves with like 500 people tripping shrooms at once. It was so sketchy. <laughs> intense. It was beautiful during the day. Like such a good, amazing experience. Once it started to kick in, I was literally seeing rainbows and like everyone was so free and you could feel the wind like tickling you it was weird but the moment the sun went down and like the light shows started yeah I completely panicked I started walking up to strangers and telling them I was married oh uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like all right <laughs> awesome yeah and then at one point we weren't we didn't bring anything with us see I go to these events and I'm never prepared you'd think I would learn but we weren't prepared then either we didn't have any water or anything with us and so we were kind of like wandering around looking for somebody with water or something to drink 
And at one point, these two bros like look over at us and they're like, I don't have any water, but I have some Coke. And I thought they meant cocaine. And so I was like, I don't want your fucking Coke. And they were like, (laughs) and they start laughing because they can tell we're tripping. You know what I mean? But I'm like, I don't want your Coke. I'm like tripping. I'm mad. You know, I like, I don't want your cocaine. And um, he's like, okay, okay. And my friend's like, let's go, man, before I have to fight them. And I'm like, oh my God, she's this (laughs) little twig that could float away in the wind, you know? (laughs) But that was little ones that are feisty. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I was afraid at one point that like the sun was never going to come up and we Mm -hmm. were going to trip forever and everyone was going to die of starvation because nobody would know what to do. I don't know. But it was just because it was dark and it was cold. Like, if we had been at my house or with my husband there, I wouldn't have been wandering around, you know, being defensive, telling people I was married. (laughs) Yeah, like, mushrooms, of course, last for a bit, like, a lot longer than, like, marijuana. It's more intense, obviously, but um, it it's kind of like, I don't know, like, I started coming down from mushrooms, like, once we ate something, so... Well, I hit a weird, like, mama bear phase. Like, it just clicked. Mm. I was ready for bed, and mm-hmm. she was... And my friend was still just kind of like, woo, you know, in the wind. And um, I was like, we're going to the car. I'm getting you changed. Here, put these yeah. pants on. We're going to bed. Stop dancing. It's over. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. We're in the car in the dark, and she's literally just sitting there waving her arms around, like, listening to the music still in the distance. And I'm over here yeah. like, go to sleep. We're going yeah. home. This is scary. Like, None of that. <laughs> But I would love to do it again. Obviously, you know, being much older and stuff and knowing how much I should take and how to handle it and everything, having done it before, I would absolutely try it again. But in a more controlled setting, not in the forest. I don't know why I keep thinking these things are good ideas. I have terrible anxiety. Yeah, it has to be, like, I mean, even if it's in the forest, but definitely, like, so you can, like, go away from it. Like, okay, great, got, went, saw the vendors, grabbed some free samples, and then, like, go do something else. Or It has like, to feel right. Like, we bought yeah. our rooms from a dude in the back of a trunk. Like, it was so not uh, ideal, you know, for yeah. your first time. Yeah. yeah. For your first time, like a virgin, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I guess it would have been fun, like, to camp out, like, the night before or something, and then, yeah, do it, and then leave or whatever, but, meh. I mean, yeah, like, I guess I I wouldn't have anticipated any of that. Like, I looked into it, like, for a second, and then was like, I don't know, I can't find a vendor, I don't know what to do, so, okay, moving on. Right. Anyway, let's just keep talking about mushrooms and stuff. Um, So, that was your first and only time I did mushrooms twice twice um and how was that for you it was good both experiences were pretty mellow um the first time was with um my best friend amber who we've known since high school um and we were in our mid-20s i was so it was like post-divorce but obviously before I, before I even like got my own apartment. So I had to, we had to have been like 24 or something. Um, and like they got some mushrooms. It was uh, her, her fiance at the time. And then I think there was like, even like another dude, like friend or something, his friend, but not anybody that like, I was like interested, like whatever, like I just, I, cause I barely remember that person, but anyway, um, cause like, I, re- I just have this like memory of like her fiance and like some dude watching TV and like me and Amber were like staring at the fucking fish tank. So, <laughs> you know, it was, it was good times. Like, um, like it was, but I don't, I didn't like see any hallucinations or anything like that. Like, but I just remember feeling like really, really stoned for like six see- hours. 
I don't know if what you would call is hallucinating as much oh. as just intensified senses. Yeah. I could see colors like the yeah. spectrum um, yeah. auras or whatever you want to call it. Like okay. everything kind of radiated and glowed. The sun was brighter, you know, yeah. the, ever the water was crisper. Like, yeah, crisp. I love that word. Some people hate the word crisp, uh. random thought, but. Yes. Some people hate the word moist. I have no problem. Uh, with that. I love the word moist just because people hate it so much. I know. It's hilarious. Anyway. But yeah, no, like, I mean, it is a hallucination, a hallucinogen, right? Whereas like weed yeah. is like bottom rung, right? Essentially. Mm -hmm. And then like mushrooms is the next step. And then you got like acid and I don't know where MDT falls in there, but I think it's like up there. But um, yeah, like and the second time was with, um, like, a boyfriend at the time, Max, and we went to a park and, like, just hung out and stared at clouds, <laughs> and it was amazing. And, I can tell um, it was amazing because you said we hung out, like, hell yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah it, was, it was just this cute little park that I happened to find, like, while driving around one day and was like, oh, my God, this place is amazing. And, uh, yeah, it was a great place to, to hang out and be high. And, um, <laughs> and then I have done acid once. You have. Oh, my gosh. So I haven't. I haven't done really anything else besides, like, your typical drinking. I've taken some pills. But nothing besides the, the mushrooms one time. So what was acid like? Is it comparable? Is it, like, it's completely different? It's no, it's comparable. It's more intense than mushrooms. Um, and then like last, you know, whatever, six or eight hours. And um, it, so that um, is a huge story. So my <laughs> ex, and I, that bastard never texted me back. So I'm going to talk all this shit. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I would have talked the same shit, whether he texted me back beforehand. Maybe I would have had some better details. So um, my ex-boyfriend, Lee, um, we first dated um, right after my divorce. Like, we had met while in, in college. And, like, I liked him and stuff, but he, whatever, waited until I was properly going through the divorce and all that. And then we started dating. And then after a year, he did exactly what my little premonition brain, like, came up with and he like just left so um yeah and like and like just like I knew he was gonna do it and he knew he was gonna do it. he had this job he was moving to fucking um Nevada and I was like all right you know just you know be cool if we just kept dating until you left and then we could go from there and like literally like two weeks before he left he just like cut all ties and just disappeared and I was like all right and then like whatever eight years later um, or four years later, or whatever it was, five or six, no, it was like six or seven. Anyway, many years later, um, <laughs> I was still in Arizona, um, but yeah, he was, and he was still in Nevada, and we tried to, like, redate, right, and um, one of the times that we met up was we, we met up in Vegas um, for, like, a long weekend or whatever, and he bought some acid. And so we ended so the hotel that he got us that we stayed at was um, in the like old downtown Vegas. And I swear to God, not only was this hotel um, haunted as fuck, our room was trying to kill us. Like, it that's was, a, man, that's yeah. a whole podcast episode. We should do like spooky experiences. Absolutely. I know yeah. it's not cannabis related, but I could talk to you all day just about um, unexplainable things, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This, this, this room was bananas. Like it had like really old mirror, like smoke mirror stuff. And it like lined the, the one wall by the bathroom. And I swear, like it was like cracked when we got there, but while there, like a piece like came out and like, it was, it was, it was, I don't know um but like so we took the acid in this old ass haunted hotel room 
and like it's at the like the very end of the the old vegas part there's like it forms like a t and it wasn't the nugget but it's the one at the very end i don't remember what the hotel is but yeah we got started there and then got on the like elevated train thing but in order to get there we had to take um uh, a cab to the Hilton to, to start on this elevated train. So then we could go and like, go to like the cool Vegas part, which is like all the new casinos. <laughs> um, and we had this whole thing where, you know, we got on the train and then um, there was a little elevated, like monorail thing. And then, um, and it like started at the end of like the newer hotels and I think that was it wasn't MGM that was it was something else but um that one that's where shit started really getting fun I noticed it on the monorail because I noticed like going by like the hotels like the buildings like you know how it's like sometimes it's all the same pattern and so so whatever and I was like <laughs> ooh, this is looking even more interesting and then when we got to the hotel um there was this like shark exhibit thing and um or like aquarium thing and so we did that and like he was having a great time like he's just looking around <laughs> like a fucking golden retriever and um and I'm just like, so I'm looking at the fish and they're cool. They're in all their tanks and everybody's cool. And there's a lot of little kids running around. That part kind of freaked me out. Because I'm like mid 20 or late 20s or something at this point. Like 27 or something. And um, like, so little kids are starting to freak me out. And then to get out of this, you had to go through the shark tank tunnel. <laughs> right which is a tunnel and it's a clear a cl you know it's all with the sharks around it but you go through the tunnel and i swear i was like the sharks are gonna eat me this thing is gonna collapse <laughs> the sharks are gonna eat me they're surrounded by all these little kids and i just had a momentary panic and like i went i found lee and i was like i'm not doing so hot there's sharks and there's little kids and I gotta get out of here <laughs> and so I like ran for it and he ran after me and then um and then we did hopped in a few more hotels the mirage was cool because it had a dolphin exhibit um and so I just like stared at the dolphins for as long as he let me I'm pretty sure he let me do that for like 45 minutes I just stared at the dolphins um and then I don't remember, but it was it was one of the hotels that had a big fountain thing in front of it. I have a picture somewhere. Um, and this couple um, that didn't really speak a lot of English, they were trying to get a picture, and they went and came up and asked my high ass to take their picture. <laughs> so some couple has a memorable picture in front of this hotel, and it's like, that bitch was on acid <laughs> when she took because <laughs> I really especially remember that because Lee took my picture taking their picture or no no he took a picture of them too because he's like oh this will be funny and it is and it is to this day <laughs> that's hilarious oh my goodness so besides um I think acid have you done any anything else that you can think of no, um, I mean, like, some whatever prescribed painkillers for after, like, getting my wisdom teeth taken out. Um, That's good. Or, yeah. yeah, which made me nauseous. I hated it. God damn. Right. That. Um, I'm glad neither one of us have any, like, truly hard stories besides, yeah. you know, running. No. no, like, <laughs> I mean, the epidural was honestly, like, the hardest thing that I've had. That was amazing um yeah like if any any pregnant person is out there thinking about it like considering it like weighing their do it fucking up at all 
Yes, do it. Just do I remember it. at one point I was laying in the bed and like I couldn't, you know, you can't feel anything from right. like the waist down. Yep. And my butt felt huge. Like I felt like Beyonce. <laughs> I was so high. I thought I was Beyonce. And I remember looking over at my husband and going, my butt feels good. And he's just like, excuse me, you know. <laughs> Like, you don't understand. Come touch it. And he's like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, it's not the place, honey. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I had the epidural and I was like, you know, COVID. Um, so like we had um, a 17 year old cat, a dog and birds at home. So um, my husband was in the hospital for a good 24 hours with me, but I had a three day labor because it was mm-hmm. fantastic. And um, so, like, when I got the epidural and stuff was, like, when he wasn't there. So, like, I got it, like, That's Sunday. scary. It, it wasn't, it wasn't. Because, I mean, I was surrounded by, like, you know, the doctors and nurses and stuff. And so I was just, I felt comfortable and safe about that. And then, it you know, it kicked in. And, like, I had people that I was texting with constantly. So that that helped. Like, my mom, Amber, um, and I was talking to Penny a lot. So, um, you know, Penny's, like, my mom's friend mm-hmm. um, type of person. Uh, so it was, like, you know, I didn't ever feel alone. I mean, especially in the hospital. Somebody's coming in every 45 fucking minutes to check vitals. Um I so, wish yeah, that was my experience, man. I really do. Good for yeah. you, though. <laughs> I mean, that was that was the extent of that. Um, like, you know. And then once, of course, once I had the baby, I was like, can I leave? <laughs> <laughs> Are we cool? Like, can we go now? <laughs> uh, I had a horrible labor and birth. Aww. Like, it was terrible. Uh, I showed up. I didn't know what to do. They, like gave me the epidural. Well, I was so worried about getting the epidural too soon because they like, they explain it to you, you know, there's a box, there's medicine, you press the button, it gives you medicine. Cool. But I was worried about like the medicine running out. What happens Mm -hmm. if this, if if I'm waiting too soon and the medicine runs out because it wasn't too bad at that point, but they were just trying to stick me in a bed and get rid and not check on me again like they were very persuasive about me getting it right away and the mo- after I got it they like I, nobody checked on me I, unless it was to check my vitals like they mm. would come in you know when they had to routinely I think every couple of hours but nobody came to check on me my mom was like on a flight so I had no one to text my husband had been awake for 24 hours so he was uh. asleep yeah. like it was horrible. And the woman that did my epidural was this, I don't, I won't try to, you know, say what her ethnicity was because I have no idea, but she had a very um, stern accent and she came in and was like, you bend over, you don't move. If you move, I mess up. It's going to be your fault. And I was oh, like, no like, yeah. And I was terrified. I was bawling. My husband's like holding me, trying to hold me still as I'm like shaking and bawling. Like it, she, it slipped. I think I might've already told you this story, but yeah, it was horrible. No, I don't think so. Besides the drugs though, they, um, that was nice while they lasted. Yeah. But I did get the epidural too soon. I was right for worrying because I was in labor for like 24 hours. And by the time it came, after they gave it to me. Yeah. So by the time I was ready to push, it had run out and they wouldn't give me more because they told me that then I would be too numb to fill anything down there, which I was like, yeah, isn't that the point? But they refused. They wouldn't give me more. And so I pretty much went into it full blown anyway, even though I had been numb for 24 hours. Oh, it was like 50 50. I won't say I felt it all because I doubt I did. My knees were still very much like numb, but I felt everything else like, and it was horrible. Oh, oh man. Uh, Yeah. Like I, so going into it, like, um, like my husband's mom, well, so that side of, you know, his family, right? Like, had this like vaginal birth 
that's the way to go. Like, that's the healthy way. The baby gets the bacteria, blah, 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 like that. And so it was kind of like, well, you know, so-and-so had about, and they had, and so it was like this kind of like, um, not overt pressure, but a little bit of, you know, suggestion mm-hmm. on that. And I'm just like, kind of honestly, like I was always like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to have a C-section. Like I always knew that was going to happen. I just like, but I wasn't like going at it like, oh, I'm going to go at it like angle for it. Like I was just kind of like, hey, what honest, like, you know, when I, while pregnant, it was kind of like, well, whatever happens, happens. Like, you know, I, you know, I'm going to go to the hospital. I'm going to, you know, they're going to do, you know, I'm going to do what they tell me. Like, you know, yeah. we're going to, it is what it is. Like, um, when it's time to breathe, they'll tell me to breathe. And, um, you know, when it's time to push, they'll tell me to push. Like, so it's kind of like, if I have to do vaginal, I'm not really scared. Like, you know, it's going to suck in the moment. Sure. It's going to be painful. It's going to be scary. Oh my God. I'm going to push this 10 pound kid out of my, you know, potentially. Um, mm. But like, it was net, like, I was never concerned about it. I was kind of like, eh, it's going to be what it is. And then um, like, so I went in like Friday afternoon and like, yeah, so by Sunday evening and they're still trying shit. And that's when they got the epidural and that was nice. And they were like, all right, we're going to try this one more thing. And I'm like, cool. And then like by 5 a.m., I still wasn't dilated enough. And they were like, we're going to schedule you for a C-section. How quickly can your husband be here? And I'm like, he can be here pretty quickly. So, Oh, yeah. That was that. did you go through like did you quit while you were pregnant or ever go through like a phase where you know you quit is that yes but not while pregnant I'd actually smoked the whole pregnancy um I slowed way down towards the end um but I was still smoking a little bit and that's why CPS was called um, uh, see yeah Missouri they'll do the same thing to you where they won't even tell you they'll just yeah, drug test drug you test anyways you the hospital, and then social services is coming around saying we have to talk even though I was in Massachusetts at the time where it was completely legal for recreation and um, medical and um, but like I ended up getting the medical card I dealt with CPS and um, and then they finally closed the case and went away um but yeah yeah there was one time that I did stop for a whole 30 days well I stopped for 29 days and on the 30th day I was like fuck this shit um so which uh so real quick I started like consistently smoking and like knowing that this was going to be in my path like we marijuana and I are going to have a very heavy relationship forever at least, you know, even in my, like, young 20s, I was, like, this is pretty much going to be, like, forever. Because um, it, like, helped me go to sleep. And then I noticed that it helped, like, regulate my emotions better. And I wasn't, like, as bitchy and all that stuff. So there was this <laughs> one time. Um, I had, it was my first roommate. Um, we were living in Scottsdale. And um, he was this, like former frat boy dude and like we met in the myspace days um, oh yeah right and like mm-hmm. it, it was back in the days where it's like you could meet someone off of facebook and it was like you know it was completely legit and like you're like yeah let's get a fucking apartment together in scottsdale that sounds amazing and our right. apartment was sweet like it was it was like right next to the smaller it was oh my god it was amazing anyway um and like he, so he loved to drink and all that. And I was like, yeah. Um, but then he like one night, like one drunken night, he was just like, why do you have to smoke weed? I bet you couldn't go whatever, like you can't stop or whatever. And I was just like, fuck you, I'll prove it to you. So I stopped like, you know, as a, like, it's just to show him that I could. Um, and I remember it was like, it was hard at first and I was worried like how am I going to go to sleep and whatever and like that part was a lot easier to deal with like um but yeah it was just I like that that 30th day was just a shit show of a day and I was like 
where's my fucking like I just had like like scrapes of whatever the fuck because I was like running low anyway and so I was like eh fuck it but yeah like I scraped up whatever the fuck I could it was like barely a bowl but like you know had like some like pre you know resin stuff I don't know whatever I smoked it and I was like see my first well I mean so like I feel like everybody has that tale where it's their first time and then their first real time yes I have one of those too and then the time they realize like okay this is not ever gonna stop um once my family kind of figured it out I was like I'm not gonna hide this anymore I'm never gonna quit like this is part of my identity you know and yeah exactly so but I got a lot of you know judgment and stuff I was young like I get it I'm not you know advocating that but um I did have a period where like the my aunt who I really looked up to she was basically my mom more than my mom, you know, like we were really close and she was always nagging me about it. I just, I wasn't that little girl anymore, you know, kind of deal. And she was one day, she was like, you're never going to meet anybody outside of your circle. If you smoke weed, like you'll never meet anybody better than your level was what she was implying. You know what I mean? You'll never go anywhere. You'll never do anything as a stoner. If you keep this up, you'll never get married and, you know, have a nice guy and all that stuff because you choose to smoke and that really got in my head at the time you know and I and I had just broken up with my boyfriend who I thought was like everything you know what I mean and so I was going through that phase where I was like maybe I do maybe you're right maybe I'm limiting Mm. myself I'm gonna go find this guy that's totally different than all the other boys that I've dated up until this point Mm. and so I went and found myself you know a pedo I went and found myself a guy that likes little girls. I mean, he was 21. I was 17. So it wasn't, it's not like that huge of a difference. Right. But at the time he was anti-weed, anti-drinking. Like I told him about my dad dying and stuff and just my whole drinking phase. That's on the table. Right, but bang, exactly. Like, he thought he was just going to take me in and mold me, basically, because he had his own place. He had his own car. He had his own, he was 21. Duh. You know what I mean? So Definitely attractive to any 17-year-old. Exactly. When you don't have anything, you don't right. have your own car, your right. own money, your own yeah. job. Exactly. I was right. like, I'm moving up in the world. Like, right. look at me go. Maybe she was right. And that was cool for a whole couple of months, but damned if you do, damned if you don't, because the pe- your your friends that support you know that have whatever habit it is, if it's weed or or hard drugs or whatever it is, you know they start giving you shit because you can't you won't hang anymore. And I was getting that from people in my family at the time. Like my dad had just died and my cousin told me I wasn't a real price. That's my maiden name, by the way, is price. I wasn't a real price because I wouldn't light up a joint with him. And so, you know, just the sight the the manipulation going on in my head at this point about like, do I? Don't I? He says it's bad. She says it's good, you know. When he ghosted me and broke up with me, I was like, fuck this, never quitting again, like (laughs) smoking joints forever. But it wasn't because of the whole price thing like that. God, I was like, my dad would not care. It was about my, you know, because my dad dying. And I was like, my dad would not care if I smoked weed or not. Okay. That is messed up. (laughs) Yeah. But that's when I knew, like, I, I knew pretty early on it. My first time getting high, I wouldn't say I was like, you know, what we would call getting high these days. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just kind of a head change and mm. it felt right, but mm. I couldn't get it then. And as I got older, like, it just became one of those things where I was like, I am my best self, you know? Right. And so you know, nothing wrong with it. I don't even have to defend it. Like, why? It's, it's a beautiful thing. You know? Yeah, Luckily, we're finally getting to this point where we're legal and stuff. So I don't have to keep defending it. Like, we are who we are. It is yeah. what it is. 
I would rather, like I said, get high any day than be an alcoholic again or some pill popper because like, whoo boy, you get a lot of it around here and it's not pretty. We know what you're doing, yo. It's really obvious. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's not pretty. Like my, when we were going to Taco Fest, um, even in the small town that I'm in, like there's this small section Right when you get closer to like the small ass city that we live in near, not live in, we live in the town. Anyway, um, so as you get closer to Roanoke, um, there's this small section um, of Vinton that is just not great. And like there, it splits off. So it's like one direction is on, you know, one side. And then, like, there's, a, like, a block of houses, like, in the middle. And then the other side is on the, like, the other direction's on the other way. So we're going down the one direction. And, like, there was somebody swerving or driving erratically. And, um, you know, my husband was like, oh, they're probably drunk. Like, this is the drunk. Or he said something like, you know, there's a lot of drunks around here. And I was like, oh, really? Because there's a lot of, like, you know, meth heads on the other side. And he's like, what? And I'm like. Well, I don't know, maybe the drunks are on, like, this this side of the street, and then, like, <laughs> over on the other direction. Like, that's where all the meth is. Because, like, you'll all rail thin. Second of all, like, you know, they, they, they look like they've been homeless for a little while, and they're, like, the dead giveaway is just, they're randomly passed out in, like, various positions either on the sidewalk or on an abandoned house's porch or um next to a convenience store or whatever like all places that i've seen just random people passed out where you're like during like daylight like, during like five o'clock at night like so this like i understand like true homeless people like they are out doing stuff during like daylight you know they they, they work in a job they're doing whatever like, they're not, like, randomly passed out, and, you know, I know the difference. Um, so, it's, like, these are people that are clearly on drugs. Yeah, if you, I mean, grew up with it, kind of like I did, not to judge a book by its cover, but there yeah. are plenty of telltale signs that, like, this person, you know, either is unwell or is on drugs, and um, depending where you are, it's usually the latter, um, you know, fidgeting and talking loudly or being unable to control your volume. You know what I mean? Picking mm-hmm. and pacing. And there's just, mm-hmm. there's just the, the eyes, the face, the skin. We all, like I said, it's pretty obvious mm-hmm. and horrible. Talking, yeah. Talking to people that aren't there. It's crazy that, you know, we've kind of, yeah, been criminalized. That's, that is, was kind of crazy to me just going like I said back to Harvest Fest and going over to the state line because like it's even another medical state they are medical and I smoked there but it wasn't technically legal yeah you don't have a medical no. exactly I'm a coal holder in Missouri and so it's completely different um, and then you know like we're right here on the border on the four states border you jump over to Kansas you are a criminal. You can get years. I see it every day. I follow all my hometowns, Mugshot Mondays, and they're, you know, that's how they make their quotas is they're busting potheads and it's scary. Um, and so it's, it's kind of like night and day. What Dan, like I said, damned if you do damned, if you don't, because we're at, you know, yeah. Well, alcoholics get away with it nicotine mm. all these other terrible things mm. even gambling man we get gambling for you know that's legal <laughs> but we can't get weed and you know right. any mama who's out there it, there are ways around it um but it sucks i quit that was another period of time in my life where i did quit like i quit I didn't quit right away because I knew that they wouldn't like, you know, be testing me right away until that was at least like, I don't know when it is like 20 weeks, you know, closer towards the end, I think is when they do it. Um, but I did quit. And like at the time, this was before like Delta eight was a thing. And like, I mean, well, it might've been, a thing. I don't know, but back Delta then it was 8. like legal spice. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. But even no, it was like it will show up. 
I don't even know how to explain it. It was like, a, I don't know, some kind of legal herb that you could buy in head shops and it would get you high, but it was very scary. And like, mm. there was people in my hometown who were getting addicted to it like meth. And I smoked that one time uh, because I thought it was okay. You know, Not it was sabia. like you could buy it at the store. Yeah. And then, um, no, was it was it? not okay. I didn't smoke any more weed after that. I didn't smoke any spice. I even quit smoking like cigarettes there for a while while I was pregnant because I didn't want to like, it freaked me out just that one time smoking spice. I guess that was the, the other thing that I've done. Um, is it salvia? Yeah. Hold on. I think I lost your audio. Oh so. no, not again. Oh wait. Are you in my ear again? I don't know. Can you hear me now? I can hear you in my ear. <laughs> oh, something switched up. I don't know. But. I thought I heard something go weird with the audio. So it must be something with your phone. It did it that very first interview we had too, where we re-recorded like at some mm. point in the middle of the episode, it just switched over to in my ear. So I can, I, I can talk this way. That's fine, but you won't be able to see me. And if I'm oh. like pressing buttons with my face, I'm going to apologize in advance, but oh no, you can't put it back to speaker. Oh no. I'm trying. Yeah. I, um, let's see. Wait, let's... So far. Should I try to like close out no. real quick and come back in no, no, or can... no, no, it won't let me go you. back for some reason. Oh, all right. Well, I can hear you, but, um, so yeah. So yeah, you can just do that. Um, I don't know what we were talking. We we're talking about oh, like yeah, drug test. Oh, that is legal so spice shitty. and just drug yeah. tests was, and mama's smoking. Was it salvia? Um, no. Which, dang it! I keep. I have tried that too. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Apparently, I have oh, a terrible just, memory, like when it comes to everything. Um, but I did try that once yeah. too, and that's yeah. not fun. It will. It was like a thirty-minute circus trip. 30 or 30 seconds. seconds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Real quick, yeah. Like, it was... I had a, a, a strong hallucination, but it was, yeah, like, 30 seconds. And, like, it was kind of scary. Um, it was... I could talk like the devil, and, like, everything was swirling. <gasps> and, yeah, it was not good. No. Um, so, like... So, even though it's recreation here um, and medical... Um, if you have a run-in with a police officer, if you're driving or something and they suspect that you're, you know, let's say whatever, like, um, you know, they pull you over for expired tags because this just recently happened to a fellow Gromi, um, pulled him over with expired tags and then uh, they got to talking with him or something. I don't know. For whatever reason, they decided that he seemed like he was somehow inebriated, ended up making him go to the hospital. He comes up for marijuana, even though he hasn't smoked anything within the last 12 hours. And now he has troubles. Now he's got, yeah, I heard, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if you're not already following the Pop Brothers at Law, you need to be following the Pop Brothers at Law, and you need to learn that little script, their little 25-word script, and, uh, you know, just first and foremost, just shut the fuck up when it comes to dealing with the cops, like, you know. I want just, my lawyer. Yeah, well, yeah, like, the their thing, like, you know, the, um, let's see if I can remember it, um, like, if a cop pulls you over, um, you know, you say you know why did you pull me over i'm not talking about my or i'm not discussing my day um am i being detained or am i free to go and then you know if you're detained shut the fuck up and get a lawyer like those are mm -hmm. the words that you're allowed to say to a cop if they pull you over according to the pop mothers of law right like you know why did you pull me over um and then the other stuff that i just said that now i forgot like, like <laughs> it, it really is helpful and it really is just like, you know, they, they are entertaining. Like the, the younger brother, Mark is, is hilarious. Um, and you know, that's the whole thing on itself, but, um, like, you know, just to follow them, just to learn that shit, like, you know, uh, cause like, you know, cops, like I, I have a mixed stance on cops. I 
cops are people just like anyone else. They're trying to do their job. Most of them are cool. Some of them aren't and maybe are doing things on nefarious levels. But, you know, I feel like most cops are just trying to, you know, do like an honest day's work and trying to do their job. But at the same time, it's like we all, you know, especially if you partake with the marijuana, you know, just because you're partaking with the marijuana doesn't necessarily mean that you're inebriated, certainly not to drive. But we all have to kind of learn how to, like, deal with cops and just shut the fuck up. So... That's my yeah, only when, deal on that. Oh, no, I was just saying, yeah, kind of like you said, I mean, most cops, they're just doing their job as much as anybody else. That's what they've got to do. But, you know, there are plenty of them that aren't. I grew up in a small town that uh, had to make their quota. And mm. my family, you know, being in a small town, our name was a little known with my dad. And I always had the impression growing up that, if a cop is pulling you over, it doesn't matter if you're doing anything wrong. There's, They're pulling you over for a reason that they've come up with. You know what I mean? So you should be on your toes. like, yeah. And that's just not because I'm a stoner and I've, you know, um, been shifty around the laws in my youth. It's because, like I said, they're, pull- they're doing their job. They're pulling you over for a reason. I mean, they're not and they don't like to look foolish either. So, right. yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely that a- happened to me. I, I wasn't even when I was with that guy that I wasn't smoking with at the time. We got pulled over one night heading back from the gas station. Like, we were just picking up some energy drinks and some chips. Like, they were having friends over to, I don't know, play rock band or something gay like that. I'm not gay. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> And um, we got pulled over. Exactly. Something basic. And we got pulled over and they were convinced just because it was late at night and we were there and young that we were there for some suspicious reason. They pulled out the drug dog and everything like it scratched his brand new car, my buddy's brand new car. And he was like, I literally just got this thing today. Like, that's why he had come over. And so they searched it. They tried, they like flashed the flashlight in my eyes and they were like, why are your eyes dilated? I was like, cause it's dark outside. Like, <laughs> I don't know. What do you want from me? I was pissed. Cause I was like, yeah. if I'm getting arrested right now when I am not even high, like I was going to lose it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, no, that's bullshit. And like, Definitely growing up um, in the Phoenix area before, like, because uh, Arizona made it, like, legal before um, the, some other places. It was, like, kind of surprising. It, like, just, like, popped up. and like, okay, it's legal now. Like, what? Um, and it was, like, way after I moved away. But, um, so, yeah, growing up, uh, like, you know, we were, we all knew, like, hey, do not get caught even with a dirty bowl. Like, even if you have a dirty bowl and you don't have anything else, that that still counts and they will still arrest you. Like, you have to be so careful. So They can get you for a seed, yeah, in Kansas. So, Mm -hmm. like, you know, no place is safe, even with the recreation stuff. Like, the cops are still, you know, they still consider it, like, you know, driving under the influence or whatever, like, somehow inebriated um you know and they'll get you so it's like you know just we all like you know it's it's not marijuana is not a bad thing and it definitely definitely needs to be normalized and definitely is on the you know it should be just as acceptable as drinking alcohol and um <laughs> and, but know. see you say that though and that's what gives cops the ability though to just say hey you're inebriated well, because i understand that and like and you know perhaps like some people are inebriated when they are smoking um perhaps not but like you know it's that's why we all have to be careful you know it's like just because you know it's just we just have to don't be drink and drive don't get stupid don't, blazed and drive stupid, like like you know it like those of us that can smoke and drive or smoke and drive at the same time, I'm not saying mm-hmm. that I've not done that um, all the time. 
But well, like, I mean, you know, like I said, it's so different than having a glass of wine with your right. dinner and then driving well, you, home. Like you just have to be careful. You have to know your limits. Like, do I do like a big fat dab or like take an edible and then go drive? No, I don't because I know that that will fuck me up too much. The edible mm-hmm. just straight put me to sleep. Like, you know, like I've had edibles where it's just like, like, if I try to stay awake, it's like super painful. And I'm like, this is not, you know, I just need to go to sleep right now. There's no mm-hmm. way around it. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I have had a bad dab experience um, at a party. So it's not, it's not okay. Like, you know, you, you definitely can do too much and you know, and then maybe you're not okay to drive, but, um, officers, coppers, coppers, <laughs> it was a show or something. Oh no. Did you freeze? Did I lose you? No, I'm still here. Hello. Um, uh, yeah, I can hear you. Okay. <laughs> we're probably gonna have to wrap it up soon i don't know where coppicer came from it was like a show or a movie or something yeah that's fine we could wrap it up for now like i said i'm sure we kind of missed some stuff that we planned to talk about but hopefully come back to yeah yeah we have some guests coming up and that want to share their freaking mushroom story so yeah we will talk definitely more. Definitely. All right. Well, have a great night. And yeah. Okay. You too. All All right. right. Bye.